Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Everybody at the fucking bar. Hi. I said that because they're all the people we put on the list. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming. Uh, welcome to Going Off Track, our fifth, fourth live podcast? I think four or five. Fourth or, fourth or fifth? It's our seventeenth. Everyone, everyone actually keeps asking me, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. So many, so many episodes. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. We have uh, normally done these a little later in the evening, and apparently all our friends have these things called jobs, so they're not <laughs> quite here yet. Uh, my name is Stephen Smith. Uh, to my immediate right is Mr. Michael Kanjemi. How you doing? Uh, Mike, also known as the... Uh, He's an executive producer of Moonshiners. Their specials on Discovery. Uh, yep. So he's drunk right now. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. They picked the right guy. He has to be. They're like, what are your qualifications? I'm a lovable drunk. Well, yeah. you're in. He understands a still, and you can understand Southern people being from New Jersey. Yes. And I wear camo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, it was all, they were like, you're hired. It's all good. And you can focus a camera. Yeah, I know. They're like, uh, well, yeah. not even really. They don't, yeah. Uh, to his immediate right, our beloved producer, Mr. Brad Goop, who makes everything sound wonderful. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, Serial, I mean, right? I mean, you have to, right? You have to figure that out. What? I mean, what's up with that kid? Anyway, uh, Brad makes everything sound awesome because he can't not. He takes every cough out that I do, everything that's obnoxious. So Brad makes it sound very pretty. Uh, to my immediate left, the heart and soul of the entire show, Mr. Jonah Bayer. Thank you. Yeah. Who, <clears throat> this past year, not only he books the whole show... He's now been hosting all of them because uh, I can't be there anymore because I have these things called children that um, no matter how you leave them alone, they tend to die. So you have to take care of them constantly. So I'm with them, and every once in a while, we'll Skype through the podcast, which Brad then makes it sound like I'm exactly in the room. So it's wonderful and delightful. Anyway, welcome to Live Going Off Track. We have so many awesome guests, but first, a parable. Um, uh, last night, my wife is here, and I were changing sheets, which you should do every once in a while because sheets get filthy, specifically my side. Um, how often do you change them? Uh, how, what? How often do you change your sheets? Every couple weeks. How often do you change them? Now, here's the question. You're not, you're not, Whenever you're, I do laundry, okay. is, it depends. Wow. Okay. I mean, like once a month, maybe. Okay, ladies. <laughs> Line up. Light some incense. It just got sexy. Did anyone? I just wanted to point something out. So uh, I just had a friend bring me a drink, and then uh, right immediately after, Annie brings Jonah a drink. I was just like, you know, we we're doing it here. Okay, you know, fair yeah, we're in it. Yeah. We're here. You get uh, the right friends. Man. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good friend. So uh, we have a, a large uh, king size bed, which which is great. Kind of sexist when you think about it, but king size. <laughs> um, and uh, we got in this discussion where I just put the sheet on the bed, and she looked at me and said, just. Figure out what side. Don't you see what side's shorter? And I went, they're all the same size. It's equal. It's a square. And she, I went, no. She went, no, no, it's not. It's a rectangle. Look, moron, because she has great taste in men. And I said, no, no, no. Just, she went, do you want to measure it? And I went, yeah, measure it. So we got the appropriate measuring device, which was a shoebox. And she put it on one side of the bed, and it was three shoeboxes wide. And then the other corner was three and a half shoeboxes wide. And I said, oh, so you can see about six inches not realizing I gave my wife the best setup ever. <laughs> and she immediately went, yeah, I know you can't, you don't really know what six inches is. And then went boom. And then like did like a, a mimed mic drop and left the bedroom, <laughs> which happens more often than you'd think. And that's how we open the program. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Nice. You like that? I did like that. <laughs> let's talk about your laundry more. No, let's definitely not talk. About <laughs> uh, I feel like 
we haven't done this in forever because I think we haven't. Uh, our guests are wonderful and beloved. The first guest we're going to bring out is a wonderful man that I met the last time we did a live podcast. And we had a young gentleman named Chris Farron on from Fake Problems. Chris played some songs. And as Chris is on the podcast, uh, he talks about a podcast he's doing with this wonderful gentleman uh, named Jeff Rosenstock. And Jeff happened to be standing right over there. And then all of a sudden, Jeff is on the podcast. And we're talking back and forth. And he's on the live podcast. You can hear him, thanks to Brad. And then Chris came to do his own episode of the podcast. And Jeff was there. And then I did Jeff and Chris's podcast twice. Really? Yeah. Let's bring the man out from uh, Bomb the Music, uh, Bomb the Record Industry. Bomb the Music Industry. Thank you, sorry, Jeff. And uh, and, and, and Artigo Vespucci, the worst band name ever. Please bring out Jeff Rosenstock. Hey, hi. What's up? Thanks. My band name is pretty tight, actually. Awful, I'm into dude. it. It's terrible. It's, hard, nah, it's fine. It's hard to pronounce and harder to spell. Really easy to Google, though. Like, yeah, that's true. I yeah. was in a band called The Simpsons once, and so I went as far away from that as possible so that you'd actually look up. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how is Back to the Island going, your podcast about Lost? Um, we have a lot more episodes of Lost to watch. And that sucks. Like, like we got started. I don't. I don't know what we like. I don't know how long I thought two years was, but it wasn't. Like this feels like it's been five years of doing it. Um, it's getting pretty crazy, pretty avant-garde, pretty out there. The last one I did, I felt like it got weird. Yeah, after the one you did, we actually didn't do them for like we did one with Jonah, and it got so crazy dark and fucked up. Yeah. And like Jeff was like playing guitar w- super loud, the windows open. He's like, "You think people can hear that?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and this is a podcast where I'm just playing electric guitar, like searching for a tone for like five minutes. Like, yeah, this is pretty good, right? So yeah, podcast is bad. <laughs> I applaud that level of commitment. If you did the entire podcast, if you're just looking for the right tone for like 45 minutes, they made me cut it. Chris made me cut that the tone search out. He did. I uh, think it might be a bonus. Can clip. I get the extended mix? Hell yeah! Uh, what's, uh, what's up with the band now? Have you have you are planning the world tour or um, what the uh, my well? I got my solo band things. Mm. We're putting out a record next year. Side one dummy, right? Yeah. Really? Side, Side one? one dummy. Yeah. Right on. Yes. No. No. No slouch over here. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of the Warp Tour. Uh, uh, fingers yes. crossed. Uh, I did <laughs> just. Sorry, it. is that bad for your audience? No, no. no. I meant it really. <laughs> Uh, We've all been there. We just found. I just like like right before I came here. I've been routing a tour home and realized it is exactly Slater Kenny's tour out home. So now I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to figure out how I could just like weasel my way into just seeing Slater Kenny for five days in a row and not playing shows. So it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if you'd make any money doing that. It would probably cost. sure you would, right? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't budgeted yet. It seems like you'd make a lot of money doing you, that, right? How did you realize of their routing? That's kind of stalkery. Well, I somebody wrote me and said this is the same night as Slater Kinney. Oh, uh, so you're unaware. And I was, and then I went on SlaterKinney.com. Uh-huh. Great website if you're a fan of Slater Kinney, by the way. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Were you at the Chris Gethard Slater Kinney taping? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It's fucking Slater Kinney's a band again. That's so awesome. So yeah, it was great. Had you seen them before, way back when? No, I didn't see them way back when. I, I like, 
I got into Slater Kinney around the woods and like by the time I wanted to see it, it was impossible to like get tickets to see them. And then I found out everything else was like, oh, this is the best band ever. And I missed it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. they're amazing. It's a good way to find out. I found out about them through this uh, movie called All Over Me. Do you remember this movie? Nope. No. See, exactly. But Slater Kinney is was that a porn? soundtrack. Is no, 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 no. <laughs> No, it was about two young girls discovering. That's yeah, that's their kind of. Yeah, that's kind of. It's kind of. Actually, thing. when I give you the log line for the movie, it sounds like a porn. It's two young girls discovering that they're lesbians. All over me. Yeah. All over me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But the soundtrack was like Helium, Slater, Kinney, like like Nine Stories, like all these crazy bands that just like slowly blew up. And it was uh, the song "I Want to Be Your Joy Ramon." Yeah. And I was like, oh, these guys are amazing. And then it turns out, no, no, they've been cool for a while. You're just a giant poser, which is pretty much how I found out about every band. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because everyone who listens to music kind of sucks. Like, I kind of suck. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody comes in and is like, hey, I heard this record. Like, if, if you're talking to somebody who's, like, a fan of that band, you're like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I listened to this thing before it or whatever. I feel like, at least in the 90s, when record stores were something. There's a couple left. There's, like, three. But I mean, like, when it was a thing where, like, you'd go into a record store and get, like, shamed because you were picking up a rancid record. They're like, you think that's punk? That's not punk. <laughs> And maybe not now because you can't afford to not be like, yeah, Rance is great. It's great. Just buy it. Just buy anything. Whatever. Please don't leave the store. Please, please buy two records. Just, no, yeah. life won't wait. It's a great record. I promise. Just buy it. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, I know you've told me this story like five times just hanging out. But last time I was here, you posted that photo of you shooting that fire hose. Can you please okay. enlighten people? Show the this? audience on the podcast. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Show them. Just... <laughs> Every, ah, wow. I'm, I don't want to look up a photo on my phone for three minutes. I really want you to do that so bad. <laughs> um, I, I was producing a record in, uh, in, like a, in the woods in Australia, in the middle of nowhere, which is like something I have absolutely no business doing. Like, I haven't produced a record really before. And like, my first experience was like, oh, yeah, we'll live out in the middle of nowhere in Australia. And, um, we we became friends with like all the people in the town there was one bar there were two bars one was open like thursday through sunday and then one was open all week and then there was like a general store and a cafe that was open four days a week and that was it um and the bar that was always open was called the wonky donkey so every day we'd get done work at like eight or nine o'clock and like you know get high and then walk down to the wonky donkey and hang out with like these like 50, 60 year old like scientists who like used to like work in Antarctica on shit. And they're like, yeah, we figure we live in this town. Did you like, bring up your band name? Um, what? Bomb the Music Industry? Oh, yeah. Antarctica Vespucci? Yeah, that one. Bomb the Music The one that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, I didn't. Okay. I was just, I was just like. <laughs> you didn't talk is... to them about downloading I... music? <laughs> yeah, I talked to them about <laughs> file sharing. I was just like ear to ear grinning the whole time. I was just like, this is so like, wow, this is so cool. Um, but uh, anyway, one of those people, one of those dudes was the head of the fire, fire department in the town. And one day he was like, hey, come by. I'll let you see the truck. And he let us wear the uniforms, ride on the truck. And like we went out into the woods and like shot fire hoses all over the place. It was so cool. And like later in I, a country known for drought. And then, <laughs> well, 
fine, man. I don't know. I guess, I mean, it was still a good time. <laughs> uh, was he the fire chief or he just owned everything? He was, he was like the head of the fire department. I believe his words to me were like, this is cool. I'm kind of trying to get fired. I'm tired of doing this. <laughs> And like in the paper, the next they had a thing called the Forest Post, which when I was there, the headline on the cover of the paper was like, um, "Town Hall gets a unisex toilet." Like that was the front page of the Forest Post for the month that I was there. Um, and then next time I looked at it, there was a thing that was like, "Alan gets a new fire truck, but he took out a few windows driving down the street." Oh well, and it's like Alan like shrugging on the cover. Let me ask you a question. Was there a poll? Did they have like a, one of the firemen polls? There? No, this was in, this was a fire truck was in like a two car garage. I basically. See, I call bullshit on that because a friend of mine became a firefighter and I got all excited because I was like, dude, I'm coming. I'm fucking going on the pole. And we got there <laughs> and he was like, oh, dude, we don't have a pole. I'm like, you're not a fucking firefighter then. Where the fuck do you, where you sh-? I was like, I got, he did let me dress up, by the way. I was like, can I put on your shit then? He's like, put on my shit. It's fine. Yeah. What's the pole yeah. for? Uh, emergency like like, <laughs> like you don't can't go downstairs that much faster than <laughs> probably, not, probably not but it's, it's just like awesome cooler, that's yeah. what a pole is for yeah. well it's yeah but i mean there should be a pole in every house then yeah. walk upstairs go down the pole it should and it should be like batman where you're just somehow dressed like when you get or peewee's like big adventure where of you're just of course yeah. <laughs> halfway <laughs> midway down just have the fire slide no yeah i would sure. like the slide I'm, I don't know. you made that up <laughs> that's Fucking mean, mean. So no. Well, wait, po- you own a house? Do you own a house? You I don't, do own a house. Yeah, where's your fucking pole? <laughs> like we all live yeah, in apartments. I don't. Have, I have. I have an excuse. I can't. I'll have to get lose my security deposit. I can't put a pole in my I, place. The the homeowners uh, organization frowns on poles because it symbolizes a house of ill repute. Oh, so that's why. Yeah. You hey wait a minute you live in New Jersey yeah oh yeah shit <laughs> no one's I worried take it about it it's a requirement to get a pole that's what I'm supposed to be doing Easy. you're just being punk <laughs> the evading the man not putting poles in your house yeah man this guy's cool fuck authority <laughs> fuck authority uh, what is the title of your solo stuff is it just your name uh yeah it's just my name I like it yeah it's I couldn't think of anything when's it coming out do you know um it's coming out in I. Uh, uh, it's 2015 early awesome. 2000 i don't know if i'm allowed to say i know when it's coming out i might get yelled at i have people who are like actually you keep it vague actually working on the record it's coming out in the 21st century it's got <laughs> five to three hundred songs on it <laughs> and like and they're all kind of a bummer <laughs> can't wait Ah, uh, Jeff Rose's doc, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. That was the thanks, best, buddy. Thanks, that was, that was thanks, thanks for best having me. Selling of yeah, of, of, of an album I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah you know that was amazing. Yourself, right? That was amazing. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, please listen to his podcast, uh, "Back to the Island." If you're a fan of Lost, even if you like the torrid last season, uh, Sinners, uh, coming to the stage, and she's sitting right there. Oh my God! Please welcome the lovely and talented Zena Coda. Yes. Come on up. <laughs> yeah. Woo! What is up? I'm a little offended by all the Jersey hate, to be honest. Dude, yeah. oh, no. Jersey, Jer- Jersey. I have a Jersey tattoo because I'm seriously no really? repping Jersey hard. Don't you have to? I mean, my children are from Jersey on account of they were born there. Oh, yeah. Prerequisite that they yes. have to get Jersey tattoos as well. Really? Yeah. Like at what age? Like, do they have to be in like first, six, seven? I mean, in the true Jersey way, mm-hmm. you have to be delinquent. So I'm thinking yeah. they have to get an underage tattoo. By 15, uh, they should just be completely... 
completely irreparable. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely belligerent. You know? Do you just oh, have like a regular we, jersey tattoo, or is it like the the devil horns? Like, do you get like crazy with it? Oh or? come on, I'm not getting totally white trash. Yeah, with yeah, it. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, no, I actually have it. This is clever in my armpit. <laughs> really? And it's the state with roses. <laughs> That is awesome. Classy jersey broad. No, that works. <laughs> that's awesome. And where did that fall in the pantheon of your tattoos? Was that one of the first? Was that? Um, it was somewhere in the mix. It was when I realized that New Jersey was really going to be, you know, the most honest thing on my heart forever. Probably like four or five years ago. And what part of Jersey? I'm from Hillside originally. <laughs> Hillside represent by, uh, by Newark, New Jersey, the classiest uh, place on earth. Yeah. Right on. And wh- where are you? I'm well, Montclair or like my family. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I went to college there. Yeah. Dude, it was very fancy, gotta, very fancy, very yeah, fancy. Pound it out. Oh, pounded out. That's where it started. Jersey, yeah. Jersey represents. I don't know anyone who went to college in Jersey who graduated. I feel like everyone went to Rutgers. Like Dude. everyone Thursday went to Rutgers and then dropped out to do the band. Oh, yeah. I, feel like well, I guess that's like, because you're mostly like no musicians that yeah, are like, hey, we just true. got a band, right? <laughs> that's true. The band's going to make it, man. <laughs> The band's gonna make it. No, my brother-in-law is a, a professor at Rutgers, so or associate professor, assistant, one of them. Nice, the one that's not shit on so much. I was in like industry. a lot of shitty bands, so I then I graduated. I had to graduate. I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> I would have liked to not actually. Well, Rutgers had a good um, had a good music scene at one time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. McCormick's, all the uh, the shitty venues that they had. Well, you know, New when you were Br- under New Brunswick, New Brunswick, yeah, New Brunswick was, was popping. Yeah, it was a great. I played scene. many sad shows there. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, with my old band. What was your old band? I was in a band called Human Design. That was a mm. uh, a tech metal band. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, a what band? A tech metal band called Human Design. Ah. Uh, mm. When I was like 21, 22. And now Zena plays in a band called Gazelle. Yeah, now I just cry to myself in a band called Gazelle. <laughs> when I can. And it's like your wrist music. You know what I mean. No, You're what? familiar with that, Jonah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Someone, I like to think I know a little bit about genres of music, tech metal. Uh, it was kind of Dillinger esque. It was a time uh, where it's like, uh, no, why okay. bother making melody? Sure. <laughs> if sure. it's technical, that's kind of sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Not you too can, bad. It's like that. It's like a, what Corey Brandon said about bluegrass. Like, we get it. You can play every note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nobody wants to listen to it. That's the problem. And mm. speaking of sexy, Zena has a sex advice column called Box Talk. <laughs> it's actually a site. It's a Excuse site. Excuse me, it's a site. I am so passionate about making sure that people get laid <laughs> and that women are treated equally that I created a site and do my own podcast. Where... Hold on, I'm still on Box Talk. Oh, That's yeah. Still kinda... How many X's? Get it, get it, Steven. Through. It's how many X's? Yes. Two X's. Two X's. I, I thought that three would just make it way too pornographic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm thinking box trolls. Totally. Yeah. totally oh, no, no. Two, See, that's, two is very modest. Yeah. Mine yeah. is X-rated. Yours is like child. No, but these are important issues, especially the getting laid part. Like that's, I mean, I look, you're not only from New Jersey and we already like have We're that, sexual beasts at yeah, that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. This is, you're already our favorite. Well, I would say my favorite podcast uh, Aww, thank guest you. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the history of our podcast. I spared yeah. the Jersey whore outfit today, Dude. though. Now, how, I'm, I'm now a New York whore because I live in Brooklyn. So, oh, please. You know. Uh, Horror is a relative term. Right. How do you like? How do you like Greenpoint? Um, I'm getting used to it. Yeah. Actually, we uh we just recorded an, another podcast. I have a co-host, my co-host Katie, who used to work at Sirius with me as well. Um, we talk about. I like to think of it as female locker room chat. So everything that dudes say, because I've spent way too much of my life completely inundated with male opinions. Yes, girls are hot. We get it. Um, we basically do you get it uh, every single day. Listen, I turn my head every single day to see a hot babe in New York. Okay. In New York, in Greenpoint, in fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we were actually chatting about the, uh, hipster babes versus the Jersey babes Mm -hmm. and the Staten Island babes. 
So it's it's quite a variety. I'm liking I'm liking Greenpoint because it's it's, it's a nice like three variety. awful softball teams. Oh yeah, try state <laughs> trash everywhere. <laughs> I remember one of my favorite things you ever said. I asked if you ever dated any Jewish guys. You're like, I've dated every kind of guy. Oh yeah, you have to. You, why are you going to dip into the pool without you know putting on your A game? No, and I, I as I told you, I fuck with Jewish dudes. I love Jewish guys. I think you are the Jewish man of my dreams, Jonah. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. One day. This is wow. awesome. I've never, it's I've never a seen, special I just turn. don't have any words. Is, I'm just, Mike yeah, is keep, so into this. this I, can't even, smashed, I wish yeah. people could, everyone listening yeah, could see this. This is so good. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm excited. Keep going. Yeah. I feel the jersey love. Just We're keep, here. Just keep, keep going. going. We're here. <laughs> I'm just going to be right here. Yeah. I feel so amongst creepy. good company in that, yeah. <laughs> in that regard. How, how did, how did the, the sex advice thing well, I was a metal DJ for many years, mm-hmm. and of course... Stop being awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. Heavy metal. Enough. Oh. Right? Metal now. <laughs> Fuck, man. Man. Are we meant to be? Don't say, like, don't say anything about tiki bars, or Mike's going to Dude, I'd have to implode. leave. I'd have to oh, leave. my God. Anyway, yeah. I might be Hawaiian. Tip over the mic with his erection. That's why I'm sitting there. Handle, handle. Hawaiian. It's like, hey, he's got enough room to do what he needs to do right now. No, don't worry. It's all good. I actually heard a story about a judge that used to whack off um in in like when people were there you know attesting to their crimes etc i was like how the hell do you pull that off without yeah. wincing well i don't know he's a judge he's a fucking serious dude he can whack off Stoic? under that robe yeah he's like i'm not i'm not a judge for you just is that, that a crime poker face. Oh. would you consider that a crime yeah. well, well oh, i guess like, yeah i mean if he's covered what if he doesn't come no, then it's not a crime. I'd call it a crime because it's all the cleanup under the robe thing. It's just, that's disturbing. Got but it. that's a crime. The part, man needs yeah. a little yeah, but relief. What, but what kind of court? Are we talking like appellate judge, small claims? Like, I guess it would depend uh, on the crime. There's judge. technicalities there. This is reminding me of our Fat Mike podcast a lot. It's what? Fat Mike. All this thought. Well, that got, that got rough. God. <laughs> it's like, well, Fat Mike on like times four speed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, men can't handle it. There you go. You, you talk about dicks. So, oh, so you, you, <laughs> let's go back. So uh, we can talk about dicks. Yes. Um, uh, Let me get ready. They're, 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 yeah. a, they're a confusing gland. <laughs> <laughs> they get mutilated for some at, this, at the onset. Um, ever had that question come up? Oh, yeah. Double Uncir- entendre. Uncircumcised versus circumcised. <clears throat> Wasn't that like a whole sensitivity thing? <laughs> He's Look Jewish. He only there knows is no sensitivity here. Do you want to join our podcast? <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. You can take my place. Just, I'll just listen. Yeah. I just think that it's really interesting. Yeah, go that ahead. I've, I've found in just our experience, you know, putting it out there and over the last six months of really like promoting it, that a lot of men get super offended the minute I start saying anything about dicks. They're like, yo, too much dick talk, man. Too much dick talk. I was like, I got to hear about tits. I got to hear about vaginas. I got to hear, oh, damn, yo, that girl got a fat ass, bro. Like, I hear this all day long. And I can concur. When a woman looks fine, I'll double take her. I'll turn gay for some women. <laughs> Sometimes you Wait, just need back. to keep it real. Again. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the Plus dicks, one. D- dick research. <laughs> dick, the, so you're doing dick like search, dick yeah. research. Yeah, why are people pissed about you talking about dicks? I just feel they get very offended. I feel like men are very defensive about their dicks or about dick talk because they're very, uh, it is the source of their quote-unquote power. Eh, well, I mean, eh, I've seen it happen. I'm a strong supporter of matriarchal societies because I think men are moronic. You're a great but, man, but uh, <laughs> yeah, eh, nah, eh. your wife, your wife agrees. Uh, she's here. Um, huh? uh, um, uh, how did the whole again going back? How did it start? Like, so you're a DJ doing doing metal stuff, and then people just call up like, "Can I hear um, Faith No More?" Uh, and by the way, um, striptease. What about? Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, it's pertinent. 
by the way, I can't get this girl off. What do I do? Like, what? Like, how did that happen? While they're making a request? Um, I actually started doing a <laughs> column called "Ask a Bombshell," but I started doing it as a written column for my friend Chris's site, uh, Gunshy Assassin. So it was just something I wanted to kind of move into because it was something I felt that I could give good advice on because mm-hmm. I have problems with dudes all the time and I'm in bands with guys and I understand like, you know, just meeting, interviewing different rock stars. Mm-hmm. Everybody's crazy. Everybody has a different, a different life, a different opinion. And I feel that I was getting a very candid opinion for men and mm-hmm. hearing what men really thought. And I'm like, to my girlfriends, dude, you're an idiot. This guy doesn't give a shit about you. Like, move on, keep it moving, keep the quantity high. That's <laughs> You got to take it like a sport, right? Men take it like a sport. So I decided to be a testosterone-driven woman and uh, look past the emotion and the feeling of it and really give people a very open view. Hmm. My fellow ladies and my fellow men, open view of what women think and what men think. And that kind of that snowballed yeah. double entendre yeah. into like a whole on... Uh, I know, dude, I know. Dude, uh, we keep rolling with it. Uh, and so that like started like into a blog and then into the whole sex advice thing? Yep, so I started just using Nakoda.com because I didn't really get to talk about my personal things. Um, you know, when I'm talking about music, uh, I just started doing it and it started to really snowball and then I figured, well, why don't I start a web series where I go and interview different guys and just different people about their opinions on sex, love, marriage, etc. Um, you know, bad behavior, which I feel that all of us definitely have. Define. Um, everybody's grimy in their own way. Keep going. I need more I specifics. wash my sheets two times a year. Yeah. Two well, times- it depends how good of a night we're talking about because there's some nights where the two sheets need to be Two times a year is washing that's peeling. That's not. <laughs> Jonah, tell me how many times. Uh, we, man. We've been over this already. No, he's, he hasn't defined it, though. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this is like the least interesting topic <laughs> that we can hit on right now. Like, we can talk about that later. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll revisit that. But yeah, it basically snowballed. Stay tuned so. for footnotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so back to like the lady uh, like locker room talk. Okay, okay. Go. Yes. Let's talk. Uh, go. Mike really wants you to talk about. Yeah, you want to hear about? Okay, <laughs> so, like, I, so so like set the scene. You're in the locker as, room. You're in the shower. Like, yeah, you're yeah. sweaty. Then we're gonna like, all shower yeah. and then. Hold on. So are we envisioning me naked or not? Yes. No. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Girl, your tits look really good. Damn, your ass looks kind of good too. Yeah, y'all. I've been working out. I've been doing squats. I don't oh, buy. Way, I don't buy it for a second. No way. Oh, I don't come buy on. It for you gotta go. No way. That's bullshit. And then you don't do that in the locker room. Oh no, you don't. Yeah, we do. And then you anybody else? But When's then the last like, time you're in a ladies' rock room? What? We don't have a locker room. She has a lovely closet. <laughs> but it's it's you know it's just me and a girlfriend talking about our experiences being single, being ladies out here. I mean, everybody. And I'm not I'm not saying this to say anything wrong against men because I definitely think that men get the shit out of the stick sometimes too. I've seen it happen. I've seen scheming ass bitches that come in, want money, want assistance, want attention. Oh my god. Don't I look so good today? Have you seen my fifth selfie today? Look at my face. Oh my god, my ass looks so great, don't you think? Cheese in. I don't buy it. They don't, those people exist. Uh, yeah, never. <laughs> There's no attention whores on Instagram. <laughs> I don't understand Instagram. Uh, I know I sound like a thousand years old, but it's like Twitter with pictures. Come on, Steve. I, Steven, I've heard Steven make this complaint so. You really don't like <laughs> Twitter has pictures. So what's the fucking difference? It's the best. There's so much context. Yeah, it's actually surprising. Is it for people who can't read? <laughs> people like visuals. It's a, well, you have to read. 
in order but you're to just home. like look dove and like what the fuck who cares like <laughs> it's real time creeping that's how that's why i like it and there's like cheerleaders in in missouri of like a thousand million twitter followers from creepy dudes and their parents are like oh i don't get it it's just their online thing i'll leave insta horrors yeah it's awful <laughs> i love it it's great for creeping <laughs> All right. Oh, you're there? That- Great. I'll be right there. <laughs> you know what? It's, you can see where anybody is at any time, and it's actually surpassed every social network is the most popular. So Really? Get on Instagram. And I'm just a thousand years old and don't get it. You're not a thousand years old. I'm, yeah. That, you're well, in your prime. No. God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you have children. That's awesome. That's very valuable. Yeah, it worked twice. How many? Um, uh, <laughs> it's still going. How many Instagram followers do you have? A um, few thousand. And how does that translate into money? Not for me. It doesn't. And this is actually, that's a great point. I don't understand this fucking thing at all. For me, it's a marketing tool. It's a promotional Ah, tool. Okay. Um, You know, I find that a lot of people, especially being on the radio for so long, they want to see you. They want to understand what you do with your life. They're interested in investing in your personal culture. Um, And it's a real, it's a medium for me to talk to fans and to be able to communicate things like being on this lovely podcast. (laughs) You did a great job promoting this. Thanks, Shona. You know, you know thank you very much for joining us. Yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, what's Gazelle. it? Box, box Talk? It's BoxTalk.com mm. and the podcast is The Litter Box. Join us in understanding why women hate men. <laughs> I think we know. Thank you so ah, much, Gina Cota. Thank you, thank you very thank you, much. Thank you. Lovely having you. <laughs> Somewhere out there on Instagram, someone wrote, she had me at Box Talk. <laughs> uh, our next guest coming up, I'm very stoked to finally meet him because basically he's part of the podcast. He has been a guest host a number of times where uh, half of us can't be there, except for Jonah Bear, who's been on every single episode, except for maybe two. I've That's pretty much true. been showing missed, up. I've been showing up to these. Yeah, Mike <laughs> shows up to the live yeah, ones. Yeah, whenever I can. Right. No, he's in a hard, gazillion yeah. bands. Yeah, uh, Ohm, Grails, Holy Sons, Lavender and Roses, I think. Uh, well, Wikipedia, real quick. So many bands. That's four bands. I feel like that's enough. <laughs> right? It's a sufficient yes. amount of bands, yeah. Emo Amos. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I've only done the podcast once. Yeah, though, you've so. only done it once, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to like. It's all right. No, wait a minute. No, didn't you? Didn't you? There was an episode where you were interviewed, but then there was an episode where you interviewed. No. No. Well then, just the one. Dear, Although, dear you're diary, live to show going anytime. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've done too much like the UCB classes where like yes anding where I don't want to negate anything anyone says, even when it's just wrong information. <laughs> is there like an evil opposite of UCB where they're just like, no, this is stupid, get off <laughs> yeah, the moon? Should be. Yeah, um, that and, seems like uh, potentially like a peering inside a, a, a essential dynamic in your relationship. If you're, are you always enabling? Him and kind of no, nope. keeping him in a world of illusion. Oh man, no, <laughs> no. But I love being in a world of illusion. Um, and I, so I was trying to book this podcast and I couldn't think of who to get. And then I listened to I'm a big fan of Duncan Trussell's podcast, and he did a live one with Emil and Dan Harmon. And Emil was so great on it that I was like, you should just do our podcast. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I'm scared I'm going to be like uh, the dour one. Did you notice that in that no. podcast? Because they're comedians, and we're in the improv in L.A. or whatever. And and uh, my instinct, or my job as a musician generally is like, because you know we grew up on Fugazi and all that shit, right? So we like my job is to kind of like give people something that they can take home. It's like actually sort of important or transcends like the rest of life, which is just total 
bullshit and shit you don't care about. Yeah, you're totally bringing us down. Keep it right. going. Right. <laughs> right. So, so at, you know, that's kind of my occupation or something, like to get down to it, you know, or whatever. Did you get that at Fugazi shows? You know, some people yeah. didn't. Some people didn't. I remember some girl in the 90s coming home from one of their shows was just being like, that guy had a nice ass. I remember is, is, that was her deduction from the show. But like, but whatever. You know, I mean. Which one? <laughs> it was, uh, it was Guy, who I think like oh, lived, well, yeah, lives down the street. Ass, he's in good shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, probably the best, the best ass. Yeah. Yeah. But how many times did you see Fugazi? I would guess maybe like eight to ten. And did you, ever have, that, did you ever have that show where like, oh my God, they're terrible tonight? Hell no. Really? Uh, no. God. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, the shrine really? in Los Angeles. God, awful. In fact, Dub Narcotic opened. Calvin Johnson, beat happening. Uh, Whoa, what year? Uh, uh, 95, 96. Okay, because there's a really, really famous story of how, like, somebody, dub, like it wasn't Dub Narcotic, it was Beat Happening opened up for them, and I only saw somebody threw a brick and broke Calvin Johnson's nose no, wasn't that on stage. No way. And he just kept singing and like staring at them and like walked through the crowd. It's like a legendary story. I think it's in like Our Band Could Be Your Life or some shit. Hmm. Anyway, I thought for a second you were at that show. No, but they were, Fugazi was awful, which was fine because their whole philosophy was for five bucks we can suck. And they did, so it wasn't that I've bad. I've never heard of that. But, I've yeah. never heard of anyone saying that. Not that that shatters my world of illusion. <laughs> Uh, but, so, uh, someone asked about the podcast with you, and they're like, "How was it?" And I was like, "He told the story about being on like mushrooms or something on the Ganges River and seeing like floating like dead babies in the water." Here it is, everybody. I'm just gonna. This is like always like a nice place to take things to the bar. Right. <laughs> now, if you can, I get a shot. If you. Uh, <laughs> If you want to do a couple more podcasts, I'm saving up. I've got like five more of those stories. That, Seriously? Yeah. Because I read that uh, David McLean book. Which, you read it? Yes. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. So there's this book called The Answer to the Riddle is Me. Um, and it's Emil and Duncan's. I don't know it really. Any, I know you the best, but it's about kind of you guys going to India. And he took this anti-malaria drug, Larium, and got amnesia. What? Um, for two years, he lost. He didn't know who he was, and he was locked. In, and not for the... Was that on the trip period? you guys were on in India, or this is a different one? Me and Duncan had a sort of like a nervous breakdown, came home, and Dave went back and took larium, which we'd all taken, but he took a different strain. You did this because you have to to keep the malaria. Yeah, larium, I've actually, because I know people in the pharmaceutical business, yeah, yeah. but larium has a lot of different side effects and different people. It affects people different True. ways. I never heard of amnesia, but so there's the, a yeah, lot of, yeah. The book opens with him waking up in a train station and not knowing who he is. It's oh fucking God. amazing. It's yeah, incredible. But to be able to so, remember that to write it down is phenomenal. You know I what I'm think, saying? I think, he has amnesia. He has to remember what he hasn't remembered well, to be able to write down a fucking book. Like from this point on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah, had to have like, a starting point, right? Yeah, waking up at the train station. And, but then as he has amnesia, he has to remember what he remembered before he forgot it. <laughs> you, dude, dude, I wake up at the train station right? every fucking day and not know who I am. I don't know, man. No, no, actually, he, he, it, the, the reason why it's so compelling, and I'm not necessarily trying to sell his book. Although, I brought it up, so. <laughs> <laughs> we have it in the back he, if you want to yeah, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he engages you so deeply because he tells you the story as in real time as he's like trying to piece by piece put together who, who he is and you you relate to him because I think as Duncan often says like underneath a lot of our 
personas, everybody feels kind of like a fake sometimes or whatever. And so he's like plunged into that reality where he's just like listening to tapes of his own voice, looking at pictures of himself, making various faces or anything, trying to piece together who he's supposed to be and lying to people the whole time because he doesn't want them to stress out and he wants to kind of like say he's totally fine. So So he's conscious enough to be insidious. Yeah, there's an insidious element to it because he doesn't, want to face how terrible it is. So he's kind of like trying to flow through it, which is virtually impossible, especially when he's like locked in a mental institution in India. It's a fucking amazing story. Yeah, it's incredible. But in addition, I had my own smaller... Uh, you should listen to your own podcast. I should. <laughs> Check it out. It's, it's really good. I should. <laughs> it's a, it was a smaller bout of uh, identity loss where I OD'd on the Ganges and basically they burn bodies here, there's dead bodies in the water, and the dogs eat bodies on this side, and you're tripping. This is more metal than her, and this is her whole thing. I was going to say, like, craziest transition of interviews just now. Yeah, go ahead, keep going. Well, anyway, yeah, no. I I once again brought I can go back to to Cox, if you want. Yeah, sorry about that. No, go back to Ganges. It's, so you're tripping hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I'm saving up like a, a few more of these these stories to bring back on because I've had a lot of catastrophes. Will you come back and do it seriously? Yeah, no. I the one I want to tell because I I don't I never Dude, tell right it on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking mic right there. It was already on your podcast before. It's fine. None of these people listen. Stephen didn't even listen to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, you want to know why? Because Jonah was like, "Dude, dead baby story." I was like, "I can't." Yeah, yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Brain yeah. Go- and what you know, once you He's have kids, it's like you can't even. I shouldn't have opened with. I that. can't even watch Criminal Minds. Like, I can't. It's true. It's sad. I mean, you know, it, but what got you to that point of like, I'm going to take this? Was it something that had a side? It's effect a religious or- drug mm-hmm. called bong that the government sells in these little shacks in Varanasi because it's it's a kind of uh, it's so ingrained in their culture that they can't really control it and it's part of like a it's part of their religion basically if you follow, if you like worship Shiva or whatever mm-hmm. to take this like extremely powerful THC based drug and adjust it off these long leaves and then go to the Ganges the most holy river in the world mm-hmm. uh, where they're also kind of cremating people in front of you you know it's like this holy rite ironically i like it was so hot, I like walked into this ice cream shop, which was like brand new, and they were pumping uh, Bon Jovi's uh, Slippery When Wet. Was not expecting that. Uh, it comes right back. Okay, story. <laughs> anyway, uh, not expecting it was that. like, it, it, it's this incredibly complex place. It's impossible to boil down in like a 10-minute little conversation, but... Uh, what anyway, led you to that point? What was like, this is a journey you want to take? Like, what made you want to do this? It's actually really cliche. I was hesitant to tell this story because going down to the Ganges is like a really cliche thing that all people do uh, that go to India. It's just like a, a tourist thing, you know, or whatever. But I, I mean, we tried to like spice it up, but it went wrong <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> we got, uh, we, How do we avoid this travel cliche? <laughs> Well, Fuck, yeah. you have mushrooms? No, but they have this thing. You've ever tried it? No, fuck, let's do it. But so I'm saving this one. On Duncan's podcast, I never talk about when we lived together in LA much because it's kind of like 
leads into some like touchy areas, which one is which why I left LA, and that's the one I want to tell because I started getting stalked by uh, a star in Revenge of the Nerds two. Uh, Whoa! So, like hang real on. stock. Like, which like, one was it? it was like Ted McGinley? Or, no. Donald uh, Ogre is Donald. Uh, what's his name? Craig Johnson. The Ogre. Guy, I mean the, Ogre. I think Ogre might be dead. Booger's still working. He's yeah, on. He's, still uh, working. he's on Kirby Enthusiasm and shit like that. Booger's awesome. Yeah. He seems like a very nice. So man. something happened. Like you, you got you ended up. How did, you ended up getting stalked by somebody from? Well, you said two. Revenge of the Nerds two. That's specific. That's Nerds yeah, in yeah, Paradise. Yeah. It's Nerds in Paradise. So that made yeah. I'm, I'm emphasizing that he wasn't like, yeah, he wasn't one of the main characters. I'm going to try to tell the story so that like Please. I never uh, reveal his name okay. because. So he's... Steven, stop asking who it is. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. I'm on IMDb. <laughs> no, but it, it uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what constitutes as stalking, but like it was kind of like calling you every day and, and being like, I'm out front. Of your house, like, come out. What are you that's, doing? You know, that's or whatever. I think if like you're that. not sure if it's stalking or not, it probably is. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But that, but so it's it's like my entrance to LA and and exit uh, with Duncan. Uh, it's it's really disturbing. It kind of ends on this note where I'm driving his uh, Mercedes down Sunset Boulevard, and he's crying and he's playing Radiohead and begging me to sleep with him. It's like really. Horrifying night. I think I moved the next day. What Radiohead album? I I'm not a Radiohead dude, uh, but it was that song. Don't leave me high. Don't leave me dry. I mean, he's like fucking crying. Like, mm. please, just one time, you know, or whatever, dude. Wow, wow. Uh, the weirdest... Can we turn off the lights because it just got fucking dark. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think. Wow. The fact that it's in LA. Is, the, is really what yeah. it down to the next level. We went from, wow. like this, we went from like this seriously heavy dark story uh, in <laughs> India and we're all like, Radiohead, oh shit, that's the Yeah, dude, Radiohead, that's, that's the Because I was thinking LA is what did it for well, me. Well, yeah, LA too. That's, that's, <laughs> it's something depra- like depressing, I, yeah. I mean, yep. We've all had our dark stories in Los Angeles, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's like a kind of fallen angel poison song. You know, it's like, it's still there. It's always there. There's always some, you know, st- Girl from Iowa stepping off the bus every morning, like that ends up dating Polly Shore or whatever. It just it still happens, and it's disgusting. I love it. And you watch it day to day there, but it still happens. And it's never going to stop. But anyway, to, to kind of close that, you down, just make like, a Poison Fallen Angel reference, did you or no? I fucking love that. Song. That dude, it's a good song. Go ahead, get going. It's really good. <laughs> There, there was a lot of highlights in this stalking situation, but one with the the one that comes to mind usually because it was so culturally strange when I looked back was that one day he was trying to get me to give him a massage. The guy from Revenge of the Nerds too. I have to know who. The, all right, sorry. Go ahead. It's, Wait one second. Uh, I apologize to the the rest of the guests for tonight, but uh, you guys can go home. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, no, no. Were you, a, were you working as a masseur? With, like, how did that? I was broke, and I still had my looks. I was like twenty-two or some shit, and I was on his couch. Don't ask for the compliment, you right, handsome well, fuck. Dude, this Don't. is getting so. Oh Keep it God. going. All right, and uh, 
And he's like literally doing something you would see in Revenge of the Nerds too, which is like lower, you know, or whatever. As I start to massage him, because he's he's paid, he's started to hire me to do jobs around his house. So I I've like totally blocked out. This is before he's officially stalking me. I'm, I'm so totally, glad we're recording this. This is before he's officially. You're massaging. He's got you in his house. This is when we're like Ogre in the honeymoon in period Ogre, of okay. our, our relationship. Ogre and or Booger has you in his house. <laughs> yes. It's one of those two. <laughs> but Ogre's big. He needs a big massage. Okay, so I like shut it down. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is I, he officially outs himself as like trying to rape me. <laughs> oh and, my uh, god. To some degree, by saying lower, lower constantly, right? right? And then, and so I go to go throw right something feet. away. I go to the next room. This is a true story. I go to the next room to like break up the mood or something. And I like throwing something away under a sink and I pull out the, uh, the drawer to get to the trash can. And there's a headshot. This is in 99 of a guy who'd obviously just shown up to LA, you know, and, and, and like giving him his headshot in a similar situation. And it had like a big X on his face. Like, and it was like taped down by the trash can. Right. And it was Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> no! It was 99. So Jimmy, nobody oh. knew who Jimmy Fallon was. No he hadn't way. been on Saturday Night Live. He hadn't, he was just a kid, like in LA, like me, that was accidentally walking right into danger, you know? <laughs> Coincidentally, that week, there was some satanic serial killings around LA, too, which was like kind of clouding the mood, too. But anyway, that- the satanic part's a side note. That's how great the story is. <laughs> well, that, well, my point is, is like only ten years later can I tell that joke, and you go, oh, Jimmy, you know. But at the time, it was just like this face that I was like, oh fuck. You know, when he got on the show, I was just like a big fan of Saturday Live, and just was kind of stunned, but just kind of put that thought away. And it, you, you know, think he laughed the whole time he was trying to massage him? <laughs> <laughs> he would just, well, he would just continue laughing. No, That's no, no. a dark question because I used to after the after work at the comedy store where me and Duncan worked, uh, Andrew Dice Clay's soon to be wife used to take me out for drinks after after work or whatever, and she was like, Don't, "You didn't suck his dick, did you?" <laughs> and, and I was like, "No, why 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 would it?" She's like, names a few other. She's like, they, they, all these dudes have sucked his dick. All these so when you when you you know so wait are you saying the X means Jimmy what? Fallon may have sucked his sucked or, his dick or, or. what can you draw from that I'm, I'm gonna say he something bad went down teeth. he used teeth and it was fucked up he got teeth on it and he was like fuck that kid it's gonna be a nobody can't even give a good blowjob okay well anyway so yeah. <laughs> I'll try to flesh up. that one out next next, really? next Thank podcast. You. Yes. Uh, <laughs> check out Emo's podcast with us and look for another one with Emo very soon. Yeah, like maybe tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yes, maybe tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Emo's going to guest host on 30 podcasts of ours. <laughs> yes. Uh, our next guest. Sorry. Super, sorry about that. super funny comedian. Um, he's worked on Letterman. Works for The Daily Show now. Um and it's super awesome. So, Jenna Friedman, get up here. Yay! Hi, Jenna. Nice uh, to meet you. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for joining us. Hold on. Wait a minute. What? Hi. Hi. Uh, Hi, guys. Your lipstick looks great, by the way. Thank yeah. you. It was Aaron, the bartender. It's a good shade of she, black. 
Ooh. We were just talking about black lipstick for no reason, and I was like, I have eyeliner. I'll put it on my lips because, like, fuck it. <laughs> what do I have to you lose? Can do that. You can do that too. I mean, I never had like a gothy period as a child. I was pretty well adjusted. Um, there's no reason I should be a comedian, but now is my awkward phase. So I'm like, why not just wear but black on my face work. <laughs> in a non-racist way? Can okay. you put lipstick on your eyes? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't, I don't know. The world is our oyster. I you said, can you put ass. lipstick on your ass? You know. I was like, sure. Yeah. Got it on At, at a million yeah. years old, women are still a mystery to me, so I'm still asking these questions. Wait, at a million years old? <laughs> <laughs> How long did you work on Letterman? Because we, I, we have a couple of friends who worked on Letterman. Oh, yeah. I was there yeah. for a year. Right on. Who did, he would do like the, you know, bring in a bunch of writers, work on stuff. Was it like monologues or was it a lot of No, I things? was writing sketches in top tens. Um, it was the first time in his entire 30-year run at that point that he had two female writers on staff. And so it was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was like my first... <laughs> you look terrified or something? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's like, just yeah. my natural state. Okay. Um, it was awesome. It was, a good, it was like the best first writing job. I mean, it was great. First writing job. So where were you before then? I was like bartending and doing stand-up and all sorts of things. Jenna used to do a show at Angels and Kings. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, I had like six different... I did a stand-up show in Chicago called Entertaining Julia, who was my friend who's a bartender, and we just like entertained her. And um, <laughs> then when I moved to New York, I tried to like do the show, and I had like six different venues. We were at Soundfix, Angels and Kings. Before that, we were at the Pyramid Club, which was oh, so yeah. sketchy. They used to tell us like to make sure to fill the room so we would like grab anyone we could. And I remember one time around Tompkins Square Park. It was like the summertime and we like, I would just be like, hey, homeless people, like it looks like it's going to rain. Come on in. And um, <laughs> one time like some pregnant woman like on heroin just like passed out in the bathroom and never came out. And that was like one of our last shows there. But because I'm a comedian, like it wasn't our last show. <laughs> like it wasn't the deal breaker. I, uh, I got kicked out, I think. You did a comedy show at the Pyramid on Avenue A? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, maybe like five years ago. I mean, we, you know, as a comedian, you just like, like when I first moved to New York, it was so hard to get stage time. I remember somebody invited me to do a show at like 3 p.m. at Memorial Sloan Kettering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and I was like getting not that far off from that. Yeah, no. <laughs> like in the waiting room? Like well, in recovery? Well, it was like four cancer patients, and I was like getting heckled by like dialysis machines. <laughs> Like, talking through a joke like beep <laughs> like fuck you you have a small catheter like i'm sorry i don't <laughs> i'm just joking but, who was who your booking agent that got you that uh craigslist gig? his name yeah, was craig okay <laughs> and his last name was list which i feel like is jewish but i don't know um <laughs> from where where'd you move to new york from chicago mm, glory yeah chicago. and i'm from new jersey as well yeah. from new jersey South wait jersey. what Outside of Philly, I'm from there. I went to college in Chicago. Ah, <laughs> what part of Philly? Outside of Philly, uh, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Small ah, town. Very Small nice. Town. <laughs> and where and where did the comedy bug doth bite you? I don't. I don't even know if I am funny. I just because um... <laughs> Letterman <laughs> only hires hacks. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> uh, I work really hard. No, I um. I was always like a. I don't know. I don't know. I think I just. Uh, I couldn't do anything else. I got into comedy. I guess, like, in college, I just kind of wrote a paper about it, which sounds really cheesy. But And then I just was like, oh, this is what I want to do. What was the paper about? It was like a, f uh, like a feminist Marxist analysis of improv, and that's, when I, that's where I met Vanessa. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. Yeah, no, I know, I get it. I'm self-aware. But uh, Vanessa I met through improv in Chicago, and... Uh, <laughs> 
But I was like studying it because I never, and then I was just like, no, I have to do this because improv is like your gateway drug to comedy. And then I started doing stand up, and then um, <laughs> she's laughing because stand up's retarded. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say retarded. Isn't that like a not PC word? Okay. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> you can't say that. Good with podcasts. Thanks, what, what's that. a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, okay. <laughs> What is, other than cereal, like, what is a podcast? <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't even know. We've been trying to figure it out for two years. Okay. All our fans are here. Thank you all. <laughs> um, did uh, you do a lot of shows with Vanessa? We did, like, so Chicago is such a great place to do comedy because, like, you could do shows five or six nights a week, stand-up improv sketch, and, like, nobody would see you fail. So you could just, like, fuck around, and there would be these, like, improv jams where, I mean, I was, like, 22, so whatever. But, like, you'd pay $5, and then you'd perform with, like, all these random people at different, like, skill levels. And I remember there would always be, like, some guy from, like, Elmhurst, Illinois, who was, like, 60, and he would, like, come in and perform with you, and his, like, go-to move was to just, like, grab your leg. So, like, you... <laughs> he was just like a weird sexual deviant and like he would pay five dollars to touch women under the guise of art I'm realizing it as I'm saying what was happening <laughs> but it got it made us so good as art as like performers cause like anything like weird coming your way I'm like oh there's Ronnie grabbing my leg like you know you make it funny you know what I mean like it just like it made you so good at comedy just from, from all those weird experiences and then no one saw you fail so you could just be an idiot for so many years I don't know and then the trans did you go through all the schools like all the second city um, and Iowa I did, and all that you know I, I went through improv Olympic I was on a Herald team then my mm. it's a long story but I got like kicked off my Herald team and then I ended up doing stand up nope nope and go then, back go <laughs> it's back it's so dumb go, go my paper it. like was posted on a comedy website and like Sharna Halpern who runs improv Olympic got mad and then like she didn't like your thesis because this is I'm, yeah she didn't like my paper she didn't like the thesis um it's really, it's, you guys, it's not funny. But basically... We'll be the judge of that. The, <laughs> the paper was like, you know, a, like a political economic analysis of Chicago's improv scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's a theater, but also a bar and a work environment. And like, I was very much sugarcoated my experiences, but I alluded to like, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace. And Sharna read that and got upset and canceled my show. And that's how I started doing stand-up. It's totally, it was a great, it was great. It's, it's all fine. I think it's um, great, yeah. <laughs> you know. I read her book, who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, it, anytime, any, any, it's so cool now, because fuck comedy, but like mm. any institution or anything you examine under a microscope, you are going to find flaws. And like now with like the internet, like everything's transparent. Like you see what's going on with the CIA, Cosby, everything. It's like our, like the wheel that we like receive information I mean, it's so fast and it's becoming so transparent that it's just like, I don't know. I'm I, I'm ranting, but also, can we talk about the Sony thing? Because that has been... Sure. It's pretty awesome. The only thing on my mind. It's so um, democratizing, but also terrifying because, like, this is, like, the best version of it. But then, like, wait until the hackers, like, fuck with, like, air traffic control or, like, our banks or our hospitals... Sony. So all these emails. Brad like, has kids too. We don't yeah. get out. <laughs> oh. Seth Rogen and James Franco made a movie and it pissed off the North Koreans. Or maybe it wasn't even the North Koreans, but basically all pissed of, off like, the Spaniards. So they hacked so what Sony. The, so they hacked Sony. Oh. 
And they hacked everybody's PlayStations. Now you can't watch that new Powers Brian Michael Bendis series. They just like hacked people's emails. And like, you know, anyone's email has shit in it that you don't want the world to see. And it's just Unprofessional like, people. How did I miss this? I... I I read the, my BBC app on the toilet. Well, BBC is great. Al Jazeera is great. You got to get to like Gawker. Highbrow. If you're on Gawker, you'll read it. I mean, I, I found out about the, the airport hack. <laughs> oh, man. What's your favorite Sony email that got revealed? What's, What's your highlight? Oh, you guys. Um, on the spot, Jenna. I am on the spot. I don't know. There's just so many. Was it the Obama ones? Those were kind of fun. No, you know what? The Obama ones, I don't think... Was it the Angelina Jolie one? I don't think the Obama ones were about race as much as they were just about two people trying to connect who aren't comedians. That's what I... Think it was Every about. movie they mentioned was like with was like yes, with the they were main like black what what not to say to the president, and then they're going to revert to race because they're they don't have it in their comedic arsenal to like actually be creative. But like I I don't no I don't think that that's like actually a compliment to them. I don't think that they were being racist. I think that they were just like trying to be funny. Um, what's my favorite one? Mm. Oh, man. Angelina Jolie Brat one was kind of no, funny. No, that didn't no. do it for me. How many have you read? 70, 80? I've just been on Gawker. I was just reading the Gawker. I mean, look, the world is ending. So there's, I mean, there's like an asteroid coming. There are so it's... many things. So it's like, this is like candy. But there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on, you guys. So <laughs> all I've been doing for two months is like tweeting about Ebola. So this is just such like a nice breath of fresh air that I can like breathe without feeling like I'm going to contract something. So <laughs> what was my favorite? I don't know. Were you really worried about Ebola? It's not about us. I, I'm worried for humanity. I, I feel like it, it was ma- here from before. It's but I, okay. So here's the thing. I was reading about it because I read about it because I've been thinking about it ever since I saw outbreak when I was like little. And then there was like a, uh, an Ebola just... outbreak. I don't mean to date myself, but in Zaire, which is like now the DRC. But, um, I thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a twat. It's near Rhodesia. That was originally Tunisia, Rhodesia? which is right next to Nepal. Uh, what's a, what's this Ebola thing? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, no, it was weird. I was reading about all these children in West Africa who are going to have like reactive attachment disorder because nobody's like hugging them for the first couple months of their lives because they don't know if they have Ebola and. And I was like, I would hug one of them. And that was like the first time I heard my biological clock tick. Because <laughs> I didn't even know if I want to have kids. And then I picture like a, a I just can't. I, w- I, w- I was like, I will hug you a bullet child. And then I was like, who said that? Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get us all killed. <laughs> <laughs> it was my ovaries. And I want to adopt... <laughs> All of them and hug them and fucking bleed out with them. And that's what it is to be a female. That's what it is to be a female. Wow. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Starting today, I'm writing a book called I Will Hug You, Ebola Child. (laughs) And then you bleed out with you as well. Uh, Jenna, you're working on The Daily Show right now? Yes, I do. Right on. (laughs) Check that out. Check out that obscure show. Yes. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you taking the time. Right on. Oh, man. Our final guest of the night uh, before some music is our friend Matthew Cause. He plays in a band called Not A Surf. Yeah. Uh, Don't fucking sugarcoat it. It's your damn friend. Yes. We're friends, I would say. We're friends. 
we neighbors. We did an interview about five years ago, and then I felt like after the interview, we talked about like life for like two hours, and then sort of yeah. became friends. Where was the interview? Yeah. Do you remember that interview? I don't remember where it was. I remember meeting you. Do you remember where it was? No. Supercore. No. Oh, right. I don't oh, know yeah. if that place is still there. It changed names, it's right? It's not there. Isn't it still? Yeah. Yeah, that place uh, was awesome. Yeah, I just took a walk around the neighborhood today. It was pretty... Yeah, so you, where do you live most of the year? Cambridge. Cambridge. Okay. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, and in the British version. Yeah. Oh, then forget Unfortunately, it. it's a little further. Yeah, I know. Because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I sent a message to you, and I was like, I think you live in yeah. England, somewhere in Europe, but you were like, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you in the marathon. Yes. That was crazy. I, was running I didn't know you were running it. And I was running down Bedford Avenue, and Matthew yeah. was like waving at me. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> That's very admirable. I don't know. I have, a, I, have a, I have a handshake deal with my sister to run the New York Marathon in 2020. Why? Uh, you should do it. I've done it. A- Why? No, That's, you shouldn't. Because it would be incredibly cool if I was ready. Yeah, well, it wouldn't. What? Yeah, well, maybe. You need like no, four months. Well, like ask Jonah. I don't 16 know. weeks cool? training. He's thing. very you healthy and very in shape. And yeah, you could definitely that. do it. Right, 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 right. He did it in three hours. 325. Shut up. It's not a big deal. 325.06. <laughs> Why would you do that? They don't, they don't know. Yeah. They don't it's, know. It's, it's amazing that you guys saw each other because I had three people running in the marathon that I didn't know you were running, dude. What the fuck? Um, don't fight. Remember when Paul, remember when Paul <laughs> we see Ryan. Each other every week. I haven't done marathon. it in a couple of years. This was but like five I years ago. I missed all three of them. Like we, we, had a, we picked a kind of a narrow part of the road in Williamsburg and I missed all of them. We didn't see one person. Mm. That's because everybody avoids Williamsburg nowadays. Yeah. Think even the yeah, what's it like being back? Because you, when did you first move? Because you were on South Second for a while, I remember. I was on, uh, our bass player Daniel moved to uh, North Six, right across from Sweetwater in 90. In 90. 1990? 1990. Wow. Crazy. Right, there's an El Cafe and then that's it, really. And then I ended up, we started practicing there in 94. And then I moved there so that Coyote. I wouldn't have to... Yeah, Coyote did a lot of playing yeah, there. No, we were practicing. I'm old school, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then I moved there so that I wouldn't have to take the train home at night because it was so it never came and it was sketchy. Yeah, the, and now it's obviously the most crowded, safe train. Yeah, in the L train. It ran, it, the yeah. L train ran on you know every three hours. Back yeah. Then. There's nobody there. And then I, and then I moved into that apartment in '95 for a year, and then I was on uh, North Eighth and Bedford for ten years, and then uh, South Second. If you don't live in that neighborhood, this is incredibly boring. But <laughs> everyone's moved around. You live in apartments. You know, we can connect. Well, when did you move to England? Uh, three years ago. So what like, spurred that whole decision? I have, a, I have a little boy, and he lives there, and I just wanted to be... It's also... Yeah, it's awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, and taxes. Why not? Just yeah. say taxes. Oh, yeah, right. Right, right, right. Don't they, wait, no, don't they tax the shit don't out of you over there? I know, but that's why it's cool to say that. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, George right. Harrison wrote that song, right? <laughs> Something in the way she moves. That one about tech. No, sorry. Oh, really? No, sorry. All right. Oh, all right, all right. What's your like? What, what are like some of the major differences though that you see? Like, what do you you know like living living there, not just visiting? Uh, people who play acoustic guitar hit their guitar. They do a lot of that uh, donk thing. Slapping in Cambridge. Like, yeah, I think everybody that doesn't do that moves away. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a code, you know. <laughs> And it makes every song sound like She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> wow. Remember? Because it's got that crazy sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good every song. I like song. that. Movie. It is. Sure. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. All 20 of them in a night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you perform a lot over there? Uh, not, not really. There's a, there's a 
pub next door to where I live um, that has a Wednesday night, uh, Cambridge Songwriters Night. And, and uh, right when I moved there and I didn't know anybody, I saw that sign. And it was a Wednesday. I was like, oh, no way. I'm tired. And I thought, you know, I, I have to. And, and the, guy, the guy working there was like, what band are you in? Oh, I think I got high with your drummer in Germany. You want to borrow my guitar? You're next. <laughs> and so then I went, I went back there for a while. And uh, yeah, it's would be right. the drummer, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, right. Always. It's always the drummer. It's always the drummer. And he's like, "Do you do that slappy thing with the guitar?" And right. Like, I really disappointed like, him. You cannot play tonight. Yeah. Are you, gonna be, are you gonna be doing that tonight? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. But that night there were a lot of expectant looks from everyone, and then <clears throat> gradually they resigned themselves to thinking I was just a normal. So wait, you have a home here and in Cambridge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! By con- continental. By con- Yeah. 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 Across the. Do you like wow. coming back? Because I feel like especially I love that, it. that it's changed so much. I guess. Oh man. Well, I love it because I grew up here, so it's like coming back and being a super tourist. Yeah. You know, you know what you're interested in, and you, and, and you go to it. Legitimately from here? You're the one? Yeah. Or, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like from Manhattan or like the... 81st Street. Ah. Yeah. Whoa. What was that yeah. like? Was it great? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was a, like a, what do you call a latchkey child. You know, my parents um, left us alone pretty young uh-huh. and came home kind of late and... So there was no, like, hanging around on the corner, you know. I would go to my best friend's house every afternoon for a while, and then and I was just in, in our apartment. But we were near Central Park, you know, so we had, like, a good... Our Sunday morning routine for years and years was to go have breakfast at the boathouse, which used to be really cheap. It's all linen now, but that used to be, like, dollar fifty scrambled eggs, you know. It was really nice, and there were, like, real characters. Really? Yeah. I no, I no. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Now it's all super fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. You wouldn't go there, but I mean, you wouldn't go there every morning. But um, <laughs> there, there was like a big terrace, and there was there was this woman who had one of. The, do you remember those tanning uh, trays, like, like silver re- reflective? Yes. 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 Yeah, and she was brown, unbelievable. <laughs> and then there was a guy playing QXR on his like, you know, the classical station on his uh, on his radio. So it was like a real. A scene, not that people knew each other, but you'd see the same characters. That was happening and, uh, there at the boathouse. Yeah. In Central yeah, Park. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to see that now there. The lady yeah. with the, you know, leathery, nice skin, you know, tanning up. What part of New York do you think is left and untouched that like you're like, oh that store reminds me of then? That neighborhood's kind of unchanged. Hmm. I think the upper east side a little bit. I mean, it was more mom and pop when I lived there. Um, and now they're more chains, but it's not like it ever got cool or anything, mm. you know. So there's never. <laughs> well, when you have an ex- yeah. a neighbor that's always kind of exclusive, what's going? It can only go down, right? Yeah. Well, that's probably the most affordable. Upper, isn't upper it kind east of, side? You, weirdly, yeah, I think so. I that's where the rents are. Isn't Brooklyn like the least affordable county yeah. in the United States? It or must something? be insane like that. <laughs> I only come back because I have a place that I've had for a long time, so the. So you really can't right. let go so, of it. So you're back yeah. working on a new record? Yeah, working on a new record. We're sort of done, and then I thought maybe it needs a couple more songs. So um, we did most of it. Uh, so you know, you know Tom and Hoboken. Yes, this yeah, is yeah. Tom, Tom Bojour. He used to edit me at Revolver. Oh, right on. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a childhood friend, and he, he, uh, he has a great studio there. So we're almost, we're almost done, but I'm just trying to write a couple more songs. How do you know that there needs to be more songs? Are you replacing ones that you hated? You always, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. You always like like the newest song you've written. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of that. And kind of, um, we only have 10. And it'd be nice to at least have the option of dropping one. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know. You want to have that Japanese release with those extra three songs? Yeah. 
They still do that. They they still do that. Yeah, they're they're very demanding <laughs> in Japan. Yeah. <clears throat> you know who's really demanding is the French on radio. They want you to Fuckers. do seriously. <laughs> they want you to do a cover. This is very common. Like you do a cover, but it has to be a gold. And a gold cover is like really well known. And you're like, oh, oh, well known. You friend, ooh la la like, by the faces. They're like, that's not gold. They're really like. So what do you do? Yeah. Murder through that, the grapevine we, every fucking ser- time? Yeah, like, they like, would what? love that. It's hey, about we, wine, right? Fucking wood. We, uh, <laughs> my band played a show. Parisian fucks. My band played a show in California. I love that band. Sorry. Oh, sorry. My band played a show in California a couple weeks ago, and this kid was like, "Do you have a set list?" And I was like, "No, we don't. We didn't make set lists." And he was like, "Well, can you make one?" And I was like, "Dude, I'm not gonna write down every song we played." Yeah. Like I was like, "No, sorry." That's like a fucking insane request to ask someone. Yeah. Right. I feel like now I sound like such a dick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I hope that ended with you kicking Johnny, him out of the show. You couldn't write down your songs. I mean, well, I don't know. Man. And then I was selling merch, and he kept asking if we had any deals. Like, do you make deals? I was like, no, this is how much it costs. Like, All right. okay, now you are. Now you are allowed to fucking punch him out. <laughs> right? Seriously. <laughs> When's the album coming out? I don't know. Mm. Is it coming at the same time as Jeff's album comes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, three, perfect. three to five hundred songs. I've yeah, learned yeah, a lot yeah. tonight. It's been amazing. Yes. Tech um, metal. <laughs> I've had something confirmed because I'm sitting over here trying to not be too stupid. But uh, one thing about your band that I've always noticed is that your albums always sound amazing. I've used them for reference. Thank you very much. Done studio work, you know, like, and I I I don't know a lot about the band, but is that you've used different people on on record? So I assume it's coming from you guys. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. We're we're lucky to have worked with a lot of really good engineers and stuff. And yeah. I like it to sound good. And um, I mean, I love being there. You know, weirdly, I like sitting in... I, I, maybe I heard this in your podcast from, from the other day, the guy from the Flatliners. Yeah, correct. You're saying you didn't like Chris to sit in on mixes. I love sitting next really? to a mixing engineer. I think it's the greatest. <laughs> it's like a thrill for me. That's like a you know, Six Flags ride or something. I mean, if I don't say anything. That's the, right. That's the thing. You got to just stay out of the way. But... uh but is yeah. there any, I mean, outside of good choices for people yeah. to work with, is there, is there anything within the band that you guys are, are you cognizant of that? Or? Well, there's a little I bit I mean, of, you obviously are good musicians. Yeah, well, some, there's some cheating, you know. <laughs> I like doubling everything. And that's, it makes it less, I don't know if the word authentic applies, you know, it, it makes it a... For the benefit of those who went to a public school, a doubling, what it's do you beyond, mean? That's beyond what I'm talking about. Uh, you, uh, your records have amazing dynamic range. They sound really good on good you, sound man. systems. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Right. I, I, I'll take it as a positive. <laughs> and I, but I, no, I, I don't have you any... love that. I don't know how, uh, I, I, I don't know how it happened, but um, keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> we keep trying, is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, on that note, I think we should play some stuff. Yeah, let's Music, do it. So everybody. Emil, Emil and Matt are going to play some songs. All right. And then we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys very much yes, for hanging out you. with us. Um, we got here sound check, and you should be stoked. It sounds really, really good. Through early morning fog, I see. Visions of the things to be The pain that is withheld for me 
I realize and I can't see The suicide is painless It brings on many changes And I can't take Or leave them If I flee All the game of life is hard to play I'm gonna lose it anyway The losing card I'll someday lay Cause this is all I have to say Brings on many changes And I can take or leave them If I please Doesn't hurt till it begins And as it works its way on in The pain goes stronger Watch it grin Stronger, watch it grin. Now, suicide is painless, it brings on many changes. Or leave them if I please.
I'm doubling time, spilling my glass And so many safe ways I'm traveling past I don't need to rest I've been with the worst I've seen it before Like Toshiro Mifune I'm always with sore I can't stand to sleep Smoking dough Or whatever I do The police won't find me If I stay with you But they will Humiliation On the middle of the highway Humiliation Is kind of my thing I'm on various drugs I need crowd control I wouldn't know If I'd sold my soul So many years ago so many years ago, so many years ago So many years ago, so many years ago So many years ago Smoking dough, whatever I do, the police won't find me if I stay with you. There's some Christmas caroling at 9.30 going to happen. So we better get our activities out of the way.
need some margin, room to think. One more day, I'm on the brink. Too many questions, I'm slow to react. I run to dreams and run from facts. Don't know what it is. Let it all fall apart. While I slip off into pictures that never were, won't happen in this world. I always think that chance will not at me. Turn a blind eye with the feet. I should hurry, but I take my time. Keeps the panic level low. Don't have pity, but have sympathy. You never know how it will go, but I slip off into dreamland, the waking kind, the walking off, the clearing mind. I need some margin, room to think. One more day, I'm on the bridge. Thank you. Falls in, another can't get out. You say, but I like what you say. I like what you say. You say, but I like what you say. I like what you say. They say you have to have somebody. They say you have to be someone's. They say if you're not lonely alone, boy, there is something wrong. You say, but I like what you say. I like what you say. You say, but I like what you say. I like what you say. You say, baby.
They say you learn from your mistakes, but that's not always the case. I see him and I understand how I made him again and again. They say you have to have somebody. They say you have to be someone. They say if you're not lonely alone, boy, there is something wrong. But you say. And I like what you say. I like what you say. You say. And I like what you say. I like what you say. You say, baby. I only wanna make you happy, baby. I only wanna make you happy. Thanks, I want to thank all our wonderful guests. I want to thank the rest of you in the podcast. Going off track. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. See you next time. Woo!